I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> going to give the audience what I think they want. They want chasing and car crashes. They want the cops to bend the rules to get the job done. They want the boy to get the girl. They want the good guy to win. They want the bad guy to die. Hopefully in the biggest explosion the budget will allow. But most importantly, Senator, they want to walk into a theater and for 90 minutes forget the fucking mess that you have left of this nation. Go get your bubble gum. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hello and welcome back once again to the All Out of Bubblegum podcast. I am Brenton Hasem, sometimes called Kane424, and with me are erstwhile hosts, Rudadal and Marty. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about our All Out of Bubblegum Top 250. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And I have some thoughts. What do you guys say? Yeah. Well, should we maybe just explain what it is? what it is yes. like really quickly because it was back on the old website we did uh we started doing top 100 in 2009 is that correct mm, not 2009 oh. 10 2010 yeah. okay and then we did four top 100s that is correct and then for the fifth one it was expanded into a top 250 greatest action films of all time to to try to create like a a canon for the site and naturally when you go into it the first thing that pops out to me is there are plenty of films on here that i would not even call an action film and that's to me a, a pretty serious issue yeah there's also just just so much stuff that you're thinking why why is there no representation of this yes. at all i think the immediate thing that jumps out of me is that there are there are zero shaw brothers movies on this list none whatsoever oh man yeah okay now that i'm yeah. looking over it you're 100% yeah the first hong kong movie comes in uh, in the golden harvest era that maybe uh because Shaw Brothers movies were more difficult to get a hold of nine years ago. Yeah, that's probably possible. But look at, uh, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. But the lack or, or the overabundance of English language films in general uh, has it, it sort of squeezed out uh, otherwise great movies from pretty much all over the world. And Shaw Brothers are likely a victim of that. Yeah, well, I don't have a we don't have a list of the the nominees to to compare to like what what maybe there was some nominated Shaw Brother movies that was cut off from uh, for having too few votes. Um, sadly, that is uh, statistics that we're not uh, privy to anymore because uh, well, I haven't kept them. I might, but it's gonna take a lot of digging. That's fair. Yeah, because this was uh, the whole top 100, top 250 was the like a passion project of Ty, who since got lost in the jungle looking for a lost tribe or something. <laughs> More or less. Uh, he's a guy, he loves lists, he loves ordering things, um, and 
you know, we'll have him on at some point here, probably when we get a better list going. Yeah, I mean, because you guys live right next to each other or something. We're, yeah, we, we live within about eight miles of each other, so. As your two metric co-hosts, so that tells me a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like nautical miles? Yeah. No, he's, he started the top 100, but I think I took the lead on the last two, at least the last top 100 and the top 250. Oh, you didn't. Oh, okay. Well, this is sorry to erase you from history over here. No, that's fine. I didn't know that for sure, but I got that when you said that you might have something if you just dig for it, dug for it. <laughs> so do you want to just start scrolling down this list and yaying or neighing? Yeah, let's just crack into it and speed run it and, uh, you know, s stop when there's... Uh something to actually expand on okay uh well, I guess sounds good well okay well we got the very bottom of the list there we have four movies from russia with love rush hour saving private ryan and tomorrow never dies just the fact that tomorrow never dies and from russia with love are ranked equally is uh a, a scandal Ooh. to me I have so much love for Tomorrow Never Dies. I think From Russia, From Russia with Love is my in my top two Bond movies. Me too. And Tomorrow Never Dies is not the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Tomorrow Never Dies is an underrated Bond film, but it is it is just not on par with what From Russia with Love did. I mean, I I do agree. I mean, Tomorrow Never Dies is easily my second favorite. Uh, Pierce Brosnan movie. Not the hugest Brosnan Bond fan, and I, I basically just ranked them in release order. I just think they got worse as they went along. Yeah, uh, that's more or less true. It's interesting because I, I, I do think that looking at our ages, all three of us sort of grew up with Brosnan's Bond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that would be accurate. He would be my first Bond. Yeah. But he's probably my least favorite Bond. So hmm. I. My first Bond was actually Dalton. Yeah. I thought and, your uh, first I... Bond was uh, Barry Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> not, qu not quite that old. But I was not a fan. I didn't like Bond movies um, at all. My, my brother was into them. And I just could not stand them. And now uh, I love Bond. So took getting fired from a video store and marathoning the entire series to, to make me a fan. My first one was actually uh, Roger Moore, not 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 original release, but uh, on TV. Do you remember which one it was? Live and Let Die. Oh, right on. And, That's and that, a pretty good one, though. Yeah, if you watch that when you're ten years old, with the walking over crocodiles and like, oh, yeah. a pool full of sharks, when I was sold. But this is interesting um, to look at that from Russia with Love versus Tomorrow Never Dies in particular, because you're talking about one that is kind of historically great versus one that uh, is generally remembered as sort of a mid-entry. And I don't know. It's like, I don't know how, how we rate these movies. Um, there's not seemingly any reverence for their historical nature, um, how, how influential they are. And From Russia With Love is a big one because it's hugely influential for the genre itself. Yeah, I think there's zero consideration into into historical value or 
like importance influence on the genre taken to this list because because of the voting yeah. system um but i think that personally speaking i i would think that that's that's something that we should be considering when we're talking about a movie is even if it is just on a big list looking at uh, saving private ryan it's kind of the same deal this is a, a hugely influential movie for you know not just war movies modern war movies all kind of stand on or step on the back of saving private ryan but also action movies in general just the handheld nature of the opening and uh, final battle scenes there this is something that lots of action movies even now still do yeah i think uh saving private ryan sort of gets uh overlooked there it's a lot of it's credited to like paul greengrass and him taking over the Bourne films but like it happened 10 years previously with saving private ryan was doing a lot of the stuff that sort of gets you know it, it, it doesn't look for far enough back to like recognize saving private ryan a lot of the time and wasn't saving private ryan desaturated a lot as well yes color wise yeah. yeah yeah i think it was one of the first ones to do that as well oh i think seven seven came out and uh kind of pioneered that a couple of years earlier i don't remember seven as being saturated per se it has it has uh, aspects it's just the whole movie kind of takes on a dingy atmosphere um fincher is, is the light in that movie what, what fincher did is, is fantastic actually there's this it's all it's often just raining and and kind of miserable looking Oh, they did a a bypass bleach process on it. I okay. I noticed from a commentary track on Albert Pune's Mean Guns because they also did it for that, and they wanted to do that because of Seven. Oh, that's interesting. Buy the German uh, Blu-ray of uh, Mean Guns. They're not sponsoring me, but it has a great commentary track. Right on. So this, uh, I, I, you know, and then Rush Hour, which is late period. Well, it's not even late period anymore. Jackie Chan. I used to call it late period, but now it's just like, oh, that's like mid now, mid period. Because he's still kicking. Yeah, that's his prime. <laughs> yeah, it turns out there was a lower low for Jackie Chan. But you don't like Rush Hour? Well, I don't mind Rush Hour. Rush Hour is fun. I think Rush Hour 2 is much better. Yeah. That's why I remember it. But I think the first two Rush Hours are, you know, kind of harmless, uh, fun. They're, they don't represent the best of Jackie. Uh, a lot of it's there's a lot of like recycled uh, stunts and gags and it was his pretty much his peak of fame that era which is very strange to think about because you go walk and watch uh, police story or or really any of his films in the 80s and it's it's a whole other kind of business going on there yeah i guess he peaked in terms of fame in like almost more than almost more than 10 years apart in like hong kong and hollywood yeah because his first venture into hollywood with the protector was it didn't quite pan out the big brawl big brawl, big brawl 1983 yeah uh, often forgotten uh period jackie film yeah roller skating derby directed by robert klaus the the man who enter the dragon fame yeah a man who which is also going to be a film that's weirdly low on this list yeah oh well robert klaus uh fucking sucks yeah well terrible director of action like he got bruce lee he got jackie chan he got cynthia rock and he made them all look not very good yeah he's he doesn't lend himself to speed or power at all so he his 
you just watch these guys feel like they're moving in a dream. They're just so slow. And gals, I guess, who got Cynthia Rothrock there. Yeah, but he just dined out on that Enter the Dragon uh, fame. No, he's a American low way, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, low way, you hack bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, so you have uh, yeah. what I consider a not a low-tier Jackie Chan, but a lower-tier Jackie Chan, and these kind of round out our bottom of the list but the weird thing is all of these movies are kind of big movies and they're yeah. you know the these aren't of obs- some obscure dtv action films but these are kind of mainstream movies and they're at the back end of the list and it's so weird to see that yeah this is all studio backed the- projects yeah there was there was a minimum vote requirement for movies to make the list yes so so they in some cases, they had to be bigger movies. The real, really small, really unknown movies had, you know, smaller chance to make it. Well, I'm looking, peeking a little bit down the list, and I'm seeing some, some stuff that, mm, I'm seeing a movie here that I've never fucking heard about before. So we're gonna discuss that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get soonish, that. and we're gonna see what that is. But yeah, how are you on yay or nay for would you keep any of these four in your uh, in your top 250? I honestly, I maybe uh, Rush from Russia with Love, certainly. Rush Hour, Saving Private Ryan, and Tomorrow Never Dies. They might not even make my top 250, but they are good enough action films that where I would hope to see them higher on a list in the future. Yeah, I think we're going to see some further down that are going to make us go... What the hell were they doing at 250? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like this as a start to a list like this. You know, it yeah. is a consensus list, and for that, I think this is a great way to start. Well, yeah, just, just on name recognition alone, it, it would, I suppose, be a good place to start. Yeah. And I think I'd have the Bond movies in my top 250 as well. I would I would definitely keep From Russia with Love, and I would, I would probably bump that up to the top 25 or something because i think that's historical merit especially and i'd probably yay saving private ryan although placing it further down but rush hour and tomorrow never dies i think would have to go for me for me from russia with love and saving private ryan i haven't seen in a long time but i remember saving private ryan thinking it's okay not really doing it for me I think um, if you end up rewatching it, just the the first and final battle scenes are pretty well done. I mean, we are talking about Spielberg, but and he he's when he wants to be on, he can really be on, and I think he is in Saving Private Ryan. Even though I'm actually not a huge fan of the film itself, myself. Yeah, I'm gonna third that one. I'm not a huge fan of it. I feel it's it it gets too schmaltzy in the middle and all for me. But as a as an influential movie, as a something that that really did change how things went or were made, it's great. And I mean, Spielberg is just an incredible filmmaker. And yeah, just um, I guess a movie that we're probably gonna see further down on the list. Something like uh, The Wild Bunch is similar to Saving Private Ryan. Just hugely influential, even though it's really only bookended by by action scenes. Yeah. So moving on to the the next two, uh, we have Sniper and very weirdly, Raising Arizona. Well, here we have my first blind spot, which is a Sniper. 
I have only ever seen Ooh. Sniper 3, in fact, Very, uh, which I watched last year on my honeymoon. Sounds like a great honeymoon. Well, I was on a plane, <laughs> and we were flying from yeah. uh, between two locations, and I was watching okay. watching Sniper 3. Okay. It's, uh, I thought it was, I enjoyed Sniper 3, not that that's related to Sniper 1, but I'm going to save that, I think, for uh, I have an episode I want to do later sometime, which is a triple feature on third entries in series where uh, Muay Thai is introduced despite not being present at all in the first two entries. And Sniper 3 is one out of uh, three films there. So, you know, look forward to that something in the future. <laughs> You've sold me mm. on Sniper 3 already. Well, also it has Byron Mann, who I really I really like. He's a really under, underrated uh, martial artist and, like, action, action star light. That shows up in a lot of DTV stuff, and whenever he's in something, I'm just yeah, I'm gonna watch that. I love him. Does it have uh, Does it have Bukim Woodbine as well, or was he in part two? Uh, Bukim Woodbine is in part two, which uh, is directed uh, by yeah. Craig R. Baxley. I well, think. You, you've already sold me on Sniper Two now. Yeah, I I started Sniper Two once, and I got so bored I turned it off after half an hour. So maybe I can uh, unsell you on Sniper Two. Did he not blow up hmm. any cars right away? I don't remember. I should. I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk about movies I've only seen fifteen minutes of. <laughs> okay. Well, I think Sniper is enough of an action movie to where it, it sort of warrants its place. The curiosity here is Raising Arizona. For sure, that's like a, a Looney Tunes yeah. cartoon. Yeah. I don't. I mean, there's a there's a, a I guess a, a fairly well shot chase sequence. Um, in particular, but I don't know if it warrants even being called an action movie, and and thus I, I would just completely scrub this from the list. Yeah, me too. Yeah, probably. I don't think it's an action movie. I actually I did an experiment earlier, but I can only I can't do it. Um, I, I I'm on the computer now, so I, I you can do it on phone, on the app where you can take. Instead of picking a genre, you can omit a genre. So if you take this list and you omit action as a genre, there are 40 movies still left on the list that is not listed as action by Letterboxd. If I choose only action now, it removes Saving Private Ryan and Racing Arizona so far. So what what do you guys even consider an action film? That's a, that's a tough question. Well, it needs action. Explosions, car chases, gunfire, fights. Yeah. Um, but again, if you see the Rocky, mo the Rocky movies have fights in them, but aren't action movies. I would say I I call Rocky Four an action movie. Yes, I think four. I see for me, an action movie needs uh, probably a, or at least three action set pieces. Wherever you want to put them, they they should be in the movie. And, and it works for anything. You know, you know, think of something as simple as, as hard-boiled, and you've got the tea house, the warehouse, the hospital. But if you're looking at, you know, the at least three thing, you've got the, you've got already there. And that, that will go for any movie you can consider. In Rocky Four, you have uh, the 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 fight between Apollo and Drago. A montage. You've got a montage <laughs> sequence, which is basically an action sequence towards the end. Actually, I shouldn't say it that way because the entire movie is just wall-to-wall -wall montages. <laughs> but 
they they function as action movie action sequences and then of course the final fight yeah did the russian montage theorists realize that Sylvester Stallone would use their own methods to bring down the Soviet Union <laughs> I doubt they had the forethought but I don't think anybody knew that Stallone had that power until he just did it but yeah that's that's my two cents on what constitutes an action film and I think that if you look at mo- the movies that way you'll be able to eliminate a lot from the list yeah and I mean I'm with you erasing Arizona it's not an action movie. It's a very funny movie, yeah. but not a lot, not enough action in there to call that an action yeah. movie. All right, uh, then just move to the next two then uh, films. Can I add? I want to say one more thing. Oh, go on. I nominated Sniper for this list. I just wanted to add that. Hey, well, you're you won, and it made it. Yes. You know, I, I I should say that I I I haven't seen Sniper in years, but I remember more or less enjoying it. Uh, they had this effect when people would get shot, and it was like the mist, the blood mist, and I see that everything now, even now. And so maybe I don't know if they invented that, or if they were the ones who even popularized it. But in my head, that's how I imagine it. Is it, it all goes back to Sniper? There are different cuts as well. And I think the one that's often considered the best is called the Dutch Cut. I did not know that, and I'm going to have to try and track that one down now. Well, apparently the director's cut, or the Dutch Cut, is called the Dutch Cut, but because um, the Dutch DVD release is the only Region 2 DVD release for it with original audio, so English audio, and that's why it became popular among action fans. Well, I'm the gonna. To, I'm definitely gonna check that down. So, uh, moving on to immediately two films again. You know, we're all still more or less uh, mainstream movies, um, which I think that's it is a result, as you say, of that kind of consensus viewing. Um, these are mainstream movies, but yeah, uh, Big Trouble, Little China, and The Rock at the two forty four and two forty three, respectively. These are both movies I absolutely love great movies uh these are i i I give it this is like four and a half five star movies for me way too low although i get that some the rock is it's not incredible it's nothing it's not not a game not nothing game changing maybe just i mean michael bay's most conventional movie but i love it i think it's great yeah what's it's it's really a star powered vehicle and I think there's room for that. The the action is done well enough. Uh, outside the car chase in the beginning, which I think is kind of bad, the rest of the movie is kind of a banger. I love it. Yeah, just really slick. A lot of great lines. Real murderous role character actors. Oh yeah, Tony Todd and uh, freaking Ed Harris is the is the heavy. I love it. I love '90s action movies in particular. And it's just a prime example. And, uh, of course, uh, Big Trouble Little China, which is uh, a John Carpenter great. The closest we got to having a Shaw Brothers movie on the list. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? But I'll take it. I'd put it in there. I might. I'd put uh, 36 Chamber of Shaolin probably above this, but I still really enjoy Big Trouble Little China. Yeah, it's fun. And also, you'd love the part how they just, Kurt Russell is just like the biggest meathead idiot, completely useless, the whole film almost. Yeah, yeah, you get to... 
He's he's American. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's he that's the best example of it's so on the nose American. It's a man who who thinks he's the main character in this story. It's fan, it's just the ultimate American critique, honestly. It's a real shame Dennis Dunn never really did any more action films because he's he's great in this as like the very capable sidekick. Well, he's really the main character, and it's a shame. Although the thing that really bothers me is that they, John Carpenter wanted Jackie Chan. Ah, oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, Sweet. That, that blows my mind whenever I think about it. You know, this is right after the Protector and studios were the studio heads said, "Look at this guy he came speaking English." No, we're not bringing him in. I love that he he, he did bring in uh, Carter Wong. Let's uh, he plays one of them. Is it what is it? Thunder. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a. Uh, I don't know if he did any Shaw Brothers, but he did a lot of uh, like classic uh, kung fu. Yeah, he's in a ton of good stuff. Uh, a lot of old um, old Golden Harvest, and uh, he did a lot of it in in Taiwan with Joseph Ko Kwa. Yeah, and he did. Uh, he was in a early John Woo film as well. So. Well, yeah, but he's also in like uh, he did with, with um, Angela Mao a lot of the, her first movie, like Hapkido. Yeah, yeah, he is a solid presence. And he's in Tiger Claws, Tiger Claws Three with Cynthia Rotrock. Man, I those movies blend together for me. Tiger Claws Three is the one you would remember because it's the one that sucks shit and is nothing like the other <laughs> two. And Cynthia Rotrock dies at the start, and it was all a dream. Sorry for spoiling. Spoiling Tiger Claws three for anyone who was excited to watch it. Just, it's a terrible movie. But also, yeah, Carter Wong has one of the worst uh, Hollywood careers of any export. I think he he did this Tiger Claws three and something called Hard Case and Fist with the one prior brother who acts. Is that Ted? Ted's the actor. David's the director. It's a it's a weird weird career. So. Another future episode, the Hollywood career of Carter Wong. Sadness. Well, just the ending battle sequence is a fantastic ending. So that sequence alone kind of, I think, makes it worthy of the list. So it actually might be not so controversial to say that it's well-placed in here, considering how many good action movies are out there. But I don't think it's good in comparison to a lot of the movies on this list. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, it's like it's doing pastiche on a lot of stuff that's better than it, which is kind of its weakness. Yeah, and uh, uh, speaking of that, to move to the next part, I think a big one is going to be Enter the Dragon. We're at 2.42, 2.40, Enter the Dragon, Star Trek Into the Darkness, and Heroes Shed No Tears. Yeah, one of these is not like the others. <laughs> Star Trek Into Darkness is on me again. I guess I think I nominated that one as well. I think that it's on here. It's a case of recency bias. Yeah, probably. You know, it's fresh in people's heads. It had just come out. I think the year before this list was done. I, I did really like it. I probably gave it a ten out of ten back then. Yeah, I did not like it. I think I have it at one and a half star on my letterbox right now. But also, I have not revisited it. I did not like that movie. I actually don't remember the action in the film. I just remember the plot points and, of course, Cumberbatch doing his 
con scene. I just did not care for it. But then again, I'm old school. I really liked uh, Wrath of Khan. I love Wrath of Khan. I think we're going to see it again, to be honest, on this list. And what do we think then of uh, John Woo's first entry on the list here? Here at Shino Tears. It's not my favorite. Yeah, it should not be on there. It's it's a very rough blueprint of what yeah. John Woo would become. It just feels like it's it's eating up space for something that's more accomplished. A very serviceable action film. It's not great. It's actually not dissimilar to a lot of the Filipino action films of the 80s and early 90s. It's very similar in feel, I think. Obviously, John Woo's name is attached, so it's got a little bit more prestige, even though when you watch it, it's not that different than a Sirio Santiago film, <laughs> where it's just it's better edited, but there are uh, just the style of it, the the look of it. The, there's not the the things that Jean Wu become famous for. His the way he does slow motion and things. That's not really present. It's more. I don't. It's like a more is more, not a this moment in the action is what I'm choosing to to emphasize. Instead, it's just jam packed with explosions and machine fire, machine gun fire. Yeah, it's it's. We need some more gun fire and then bad guys jump out of the bushes people shoot each other yes and it's on to the next yeah, yeah. just spray and pray nothing of the like clinical precision of john woo yeah. uh, then uh, enter the dragon which is probably robert Klaus's best film i <laughs> uh, don't think it's a high bar no but it's a movie that rests completely on the back of Bruce Lee. Yes. He, I think he, he carries the movie through. And this is a movie, by the way, that has Jim Kelly, has Angela Mao, has, well, Jackie Chan, Blinken, you'll miss him. But it's got a lot going for it in terms of the talent involved. Uh, I am always let down by this movie, but I understand why people in, what, 73, 74, they watched it. I understand why they were probably blown away because there's nothing else like this. But but so that historically speaking, I think this deserves to be on the list somewhere. Yeah, for sure. It definitely defends its place on Merit, and uh, the iconography is iconic. But also, like, they... Didn't the studio basically try to, like, make John Saxon the star and see if they could, like, second Bill Bruce Lee a little bit on this one? <laughs> That's like, that should... Oh, great idea. That should yeah. be Robert Klaus's legacy trying to second bill bruce lee and enter the dragon yeah it is weird how many martial arts stars tried to make their big break in the u.s off of the back of this movie you know you brought up cynthia rothrock you know and she did the china o'briens and jackie chan of course we brought up the big brawl is it battle creek brawl i don't know is it the same movie i think it, it's called it's called both okay. i think but yeah it's a it's weird because he never to, in my eyes, he never grew as a director. He never grew to match the styles of the stars that he would have uh, under him, and it's and it's kind of a bummer. He, if any, if there's any issue with Into the Dragon, it's purely the director. Yeah, Joe Lewis also tried giving uh, doing his a star vehicle. That was Robert Klaus directed that Force Five. So, and you don't remember who Joe Lewis is because that's how good that movie was. <laughs> and then yeah, Jim Kelly. <laughs> Did his the Black Belt Jones the Friday followed up Robert Klaus did that one too, and of course uh, Kurt Thomas and Jim Cotta. 
another Robert Klaus um, breakthrough star vehicle. <laughs> I really enjoy Black Belt Jones. Um, not as much as I like Three to Hard Way, but I think Jim Kelly should have been a bigger star. All right, was, moving on. We're, uh, we're talking about the Seagal movie. Yeah, yeah, we got Alfred Justice and The Fifth Element. Interesting double feature that would make. Great movies, though. Alfred Justice yeah. is just it, it was kind of edited down to just a montage of Seagal at his most violent and thus i think should be higher on the list i definitely remember it as it was one of Seagal's best movies well he wanted to make this big epic uh gangster film and i think he uh. probably had a three-hour movie on his hands and they cut out almost all of the narrative and just made it this kind of weird revenge movie urban revenge film and honestly maybe it's for the best although i would have loved to have seen more of seagal's monologues yeah, so this was uh steven seagal's once upon a time in america is what this was supposed to be more or less released uh seagal cut <laughs> but uh it has i maybe the best barroom brawl that i've ever seen is that the one where he puts the, the pool ball in this what is it towel yeah, yeah it puts it in the sock, sock i think or no it's yeah it's a bar yeah. towel Oh yeah, great stuff. Yeah, and and fights Danny and Asanto with the pool cues. It's great. All, all the early Seagal movies are great. Yeah, I don't think there. I, I was talking to somebody a while ago. I don't think there's any other actor that had action star in particular that had as an impressive run as yeah. Seagal. Yeah, I think from Above the Law to maybe Glimmer Man, like Fire Down Below. Yeah, yeah, Fire Down Below. Wait, wait, I've Glimmer Man or Fire Down Below, which is first. I want to say Fire Down Below's first, because it feels that way. Your Man is 98. Just hold on while I'm checking that and pretend I'm not. Um, uh, no, Glimmer Man is first. Glimmer Man is 96, and then Fire Down Below is 97. And I would call Fire Down Below as like the first Seagal dud. Yeah, I liked it. I agree. But even though it, it's very polished compared to his follow-up movie, The Patriot. The Patriot. Yeah. Yeah, you can watch Fire Down Below and still more or less have a good time. Whereas The Patriot, I don't believe you can have a good time watching that movie. I mean, that's the one where his daughter had such a bad experience working with her dad that she wrote a movie about it. <laughs> about how horrible, about an actress having a horrible time working on a movie. Mm -hmm. It's a Hideaki Anno film called Ritual from 2000, which was uh, written by Seagal's daughter. Ayaku Fujitani. Now, that would make a great double feature. I, I actually, I'd watch. It's probably the only way I would ever watch that movie again. What about uh, the Fifth Element, which I think is a pretty stellar action film. This is one that I did rewatch somewhat recently. It still holds up. Bruce Willis is great. Uh, Mila Jovovich is great. Gary Oldman is fantastic. Sci-fi elements all work. Yeah, it's loads of fun. I don't think I've seen. The Fifth Element for the last twenty years, maybe I I can't comment on it really. Well, you should check it out. It's pretty fun, and the action works. It's you know Bruce Willis in his prime. He's doing great stuff. Yeah, Chris Tucker playing Prince. It's yeah, great. yeah. Okay, so uh, two thirty-seven, two thirty-six. Kelly's Hero is, and Mr. Majestic. So Kelly's Hero is being the first film on our list with Clint Eastwood. And Mr. Majestic, uh, appropriately being the first Charles Bronson film on the list. I think both are worthy of the list, um, particularly 
Mr. Majestic. Yeah, I think Mr. Majestic was my nomination back in the day, too. I really loved that one. Slightly more of a crime film, but there's plenty of action in it. There's a car chase, some shootouts. It's just like a really good Bronson movie. He's just hard as hell. And a fun, yeah, fun Elmore Leonard adaptation. I watched watched this for the first time quite recently. It was a bit of a middle ground movie for me. I mean, it's fun. Bronson is always great. But it's a slow move. A little too much about the, the migrant workers for you? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it just didn't <laughs> click. You know, sometimes that happens. Okay. The intricate horticultural discussion yes. of <laughs> melon farming. Yeah. No, I think for me, it's it's Bronson's best 70s mm-hmm. movies. Like, he's got, he's got one real banger in each decade. Well, except in the 90s. He was 110 years old. But for me, Mr. Majestic is that's the that's the '70s Bronson go-to movie for me. I watched uh, Breakout recently. I like that one a lot better. It's not an action film, but I put that over Mr. Majestic. I am maybe more of a mechanic guy. I like the Stone Killer. Uh, I also enjoy Breakout, particularly the airplane death at the end. Yeah, lots of good stuff. But uh. I mean, 70s is really, for me, that's Bronson's decade. He just crushes it. Uh, you know, my one of my favorite movies that he's in, nobody ever talks about, is Violent City. And that's, that's how he kicked off the decade, really. I've only seen that one once, and I, I watched an extended cut, but it didn't have subtitles. So for like 30 minutes of the movie, they spoke Italian with no subtitles. Wow. Uh, Telly Savalas in Italian. I have the DVD yeah. for that one, but I haven't... See. But Kelly's Heroes, I'm guessing, uh, have you either of you seen it? A long time ago. Yeah, I've seen Kelly's Heroes, yeah. Okay. So that one's, that one's I think it's all right. Uh, I, I'm not sure it's too action-y. No, I mean, I remember it as a like a comedic heist film set during yeah. the war. I don't really remember any action scenes from it. It's pretty soft gloves with the Nazis, too. But, you know, whatever. It's a movie. Uh... I think that it's weird seeing, as far as war movies goes, seeing something like Kelly's Heroes rated higher than Saving Private Ryan. But uh, that is the nature of this very strange, disjointed list we have. Is it an action movie, though? Or is it more a heist movie? You know, it's more of a heist movie for sure. It's another one that I would probably challenge. Although I think it does have at least a couple action sequences that might be worthy of bringing up. But again... Are they better than Saving Private Ryan's action sequences? Uh, not in the least. Yeah, I mean, if you're putting one Eastwood War movie on a list like this, it should be War Eagles there. Yeah. Which, I don't know if it's on the list. I haven't checked, but that's a that's a movie with action in it. Oh, yeah. It's got a lot of downtime, but when the action hits, it is fantastic. Well, that one's more comparable to something like uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. I just cannot stand Richard Burton, so I don't like where he goes there. <laughs> Fair enough. That entire movie, you look at his face and you're thinking, yeah, he just wants to be in a bar. Yep. He is probably drunk, but he just wants to get more drunk. He loved the drink. So, yeah. so moving to 235, we got first Chuck Norris movie here. Braddock, Missing in Action 3. Probably the best Chuck Norris uh, movie. Maybe. Yeah, this is my favorite Chuck Norris movie for sure. For me, probably as well. It's easily the best missing in action oh, movie. Yeah. Hands down. They really let him have a budget for the for the final one. Yeah, this is the f- one where 
when you watch it, you go, yes, this is what the series should have been all along. It's about three years too late, you know, to the party. But because at this point, Rambo had moved on and was doing a desert was it the same year? film now. And, I think so, you know, right? the... Yeah. Is, is yeah. Rambo 3? Yeah. Yeah, meaning that Rambo had moved on from so, doing the Vietnam shtick. Yeah. And this one's going back yeah. to the Vietnam shtick yet again. And Chuck Norris is, quite frankly, getting a bit old here. Like, I think this is this is like his his final big action movie. Like, he's, he really starts stepping down after this, doing more, like, crime thrillers. Cause he, was, he was 50 years old when they made this. And, but he's in great shape. I mean, he's still in good shape now, I guess, you know, according to all the ads I've been seeing lately. But he is in great shape in this movie. He has less body hair than he's ever had, but he's, but he's more more muscle. His brother came in and was like, bro, bro, you gotta shave those pecs. Yeah, I can imagine that conversation. But I'm known for my chest hair. The thing with Chuck Norris is that he speaks... He sounds like a southern dandy off screen. Like that's why he sounds so weird in his movies because he's trying to hide his natural cadence. Well, he sounds like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons when he talks. Yeah, but like from the south. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I like the Hitman so much because it's Chuck Norris and he's talking so much shit, but he sounds like the nicest man in the world. I would definitely uh, defend Braddock missing in action as being uh for being on oh, this yeah. list and, yeah yeah i'd put it higher this is one of the, the chuck norris movies that definitely deserves a place on the list yes yeah because i think people people tend to go to like the delta force because the iconography but the delta force is two and a half hours long and most of it is like George Kennedy stuck on a plane. It's a it's a hijack drama for the most part. You know, don't let the score fool you. The score is kick ass and having the best time. But then they cut to the people on the plane and they're sweating and crying. It's just it's kind of awful, honestly. It's not a good time, really. No, no. It is, but then they give you like a great action scene to go out on. You're like, yeah, yeah, I guess it was better than uh, it was. Yep. Yeah, Mission Action Free has the shot of. Chuck Norris in slow motion, jumping through a window whilst firing a machine That's gun. That's right. It's the ending, big ending action sequence. It's a better movie. Yep. It also yeah. has one of my favorite lines when he, or Mo, Chuck Norris moments, when early in the, one of the, so, some military guys is like, don't step on toes. And he's like, I don't step on toes. I step on necks. <laughs> and then during the climax, he steps on some guy's necks and kill him. Oh, that's like set up and payoff right yeah. there. Yeah, that's cinema. Yeah. Promises made, promises kept. So moving down the list then, we have the big old chunk. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, let's, I'm just going to read them in order here. Or not order, but just the chunk. We got Project A, Bad Boys 2, Batman Returns, Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson, Dark Angel, uh, also known as I Come in Peace, El Topo, El Mercenario, Fist of Legend, Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart in Peril, Nick of Time, You'll notice I have an attitude with some of these. The Nest, Star Trek, First Contact, Stone Cold, it should be way higher. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a banger. The Adventures of Tintin, The Driver, Expendables, Perfect Weapon, Untouchables, Trova's War, Writing Wrongs. That is uh, an insane split uh, one entry there. <laughs> yeah, and here we also have one of my biggest blind spots, the driver. Oh, the driver's wonderful. Yeah, 
I have not seen it. Oh, I have one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, six and a half blind spots in this uh, list. Yeah, I have I have more than that one, but I consider that one to be one of my biggest blind spots. Yeah, but in this entry alone, I've seen almost nothing. Really? Very few. I have not mm-hmm. seen Troma's War. I have not seen The Adventures of Tintin. Not seen Star Trek First Contact. I've not seen The Nest, which is the movie I referenced earlier that I have not even heard of The Nest. This is the only movie that was completely new to me when looking over it's this a, list. It's a French movie called Nid de Guept. I'm probably butchering that. Just to make that clear, we're not talking about the Killer Roaches movie. <laughs> I don't know that movie either. I haven't seen Nick of Time. I have not seen Lone Wolf and Baby Cub, uh, Baby and Cub, uh, Baby Card in Peril. And I've only seen like half of Conspiracy Theory. I thought it was uh, terrible, and I turned it off to be honest. So I have seen Conspiracy Theory and Nick of Time, and I can tell you, none of these compare. They're, they're just not action movies, really. Well, Nick of Time, you could argue. Conspiracy Theory, certainly not. Mm. But they're none of them compared to Stone Cold. And this is a this chunk of movies here. Has some really, really good stuff. Has two Craig Baxley films, which is interesting. Yeah. But uh, you've got Project A. Bad Boys Two is probably the best Bad Boys movie, I'd say. It's it's Even the, the best American movie ever yeah. made, or the most American. You know what's up there? I love Bad Boys Two. So you should watch that every Fourth of July. But this screen it. My point is that you know these are this is a really good action movie. Uh, yep. That so many of these are great. I actually think El Mercenario pretty good the mercenary lone wolf and cub uh, awesome teenage mutant ninja turtles awesome the driver uh, absolutely incredible the perfect weapon jeff speakman is fantastic it's his debut as an action star and writing wrongs uh, yun biao fantastic fantastic movies uh but i think stone cold is the best on this list Ooh, okay controversial maybe i mean for me it's probably writing wrongs but stone cold is right up there Writing Wrongs is so good that it's, I don't know, this is the first one that I'm, this, this chunk that we're at here, that I it actually hurts me to see so many of these movies this low. Yeah, because Writing Wrongs, I've always loved it. I love it. Yoon Bu, great. And I think for me, it also just, it has the, the single greatest kick in any martial arts movie, which is when he, which one? Well, it's when he does the sideways spin into the face of, uh, Melvin Wong and the hangar at the end. Oh, okay. That alone, that's that's action that's action cinema history. Nobody moves like Yun Bu Yun Biao? How do, how do you say that has his, his name? I think I I say Yun Bu and I have that from Cynthia Rothrock says it that way. Yeah, I have it I think I have it from a Hong Kong Legends D V D trailer. They're like Jackie yeah. Chan, Samuel Wong, Yun Bu in I don't know, Wheels on Meals or whatever, just anything. But I think he is, of anybody I've ever seen um, kicking and, and flipping and, and such, I think he's probably the best. I don't think anybody's exceeded his form. Maybe Jet Li comes close. Yeah, I mean, I know he's he, he's double Jackie, even though people say nobody ever doubles Jackie. Well, he's Jackie. double Jackie. And Yoon Bu's double Jackie. He doubled Jackie. Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon when he, uh, he enters the ring when he's fighting Sammo. He does that flip. That's Yoon Bu. Oh, shit. And in Writing Wrongs, he doubles Cynthia Rotrock. Jeez. 
<laughs> really? Yeah, there's a scene where she does a backwards flip onto a table while handcuffed. And if you see it, like, it, that's Yoon Byu. She doesn't even put on a blonde wig. You just, <laughs> he, her hair just changes from blonde to black. Gotta love Hong Kong movies. Yeah. Yes. Also, a lot of uh, first timers in this channel. Oh, yeah. But I think the first uh, Thomas Abiru Wakayama film in uh, Vape Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, I think there's two Lone Wolf movies on this list. I'd probably put all of those films on this list. Oh, wait, there's there's three, because I think Shogun Assassin is on this list. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've seen all of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, but I can never tell which one it is just from the title. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult. I don't know which one this is. Not to mention the whole Shogun Assassin yeah. thing. But uh, I, I again, point out Craig R. Baxley. I think he is probably the most underrated American action director of all time because nobody knows who he is. Yeah, he, he just did three all-timers back to back to back and then vanished. Not really, but... Well, also, a lot of the stuff people love about, say, Predator, that's him doing that i oh, did second unit on that one yeah did stunts the whole village scene is pretty much him and you can tell if you've watched a bachelor movie and then you go watch that scene yeah right. okay that's him just explosions slow motion huge fireball explosions yeah. everywhere yeah because if you if you're looking up his his filmography like it's insane it goes action jackson dark angel stone cold then silent thunder slash revenge on the highway with stacy keach sudden fury a family torn apart Deep Red with Michael Bean, Deconstructing Sarah, just shit you'd never heard of. Well, the fact that Stone Cold didn't take his career to new heights, uh, I think it, it did the opposites for some reason. Even that movie is such oh, yeah. a banger. That, that I think that's what did it for him, though, is it that didn't just blast him into the stratosphere for some reason. And so, I mean, it came out the year Terminator 2 came out, so maybe that's what happened, but guess we'll never know you should have given him the keys to the kingdom absolutely one of the best to ever do it and now he's just completely forgotten yeah and it's a shame you go back and watch action jackson fantastic movie yeah carl weathers again that's another one he should have been a star yeah huge star i agree okay well the nest has anyone seen the nest can anyone tell me what the nest yeah. is i see it's from the director I... of hostage with bruce willis that's i know that one i've seen it a long time ago I think it's sort of like uh, Assault on Precinct 13, only French. If I remember correctly, uh, the, there's like uh, an arms deal or a drugs deal in a warehouse gone wrong and then the cops are trying to get in or something. It's good. I liked it. Well, I gotta, I gotta track that down. It might also be that I'm completely wrong about what it's about. No, I think you're right. It's been a while. Yeah. I remember everybody talking it up when it came out and uh, I just never got around to watching it. Uh, I mean, it's going to be put on my list for uh, a blind spot film, and I'll check it out. Is this your first blind spot of the list, Brenton? Yes. Ooh, impressive. Well, other other classics in here is uh, Fist of Legend, Jet Li's riff on the Fist of Fury. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Jet Li's best, probably. Uh, I think it's... well. I think it's better than Bruce Lee's Fist of Fury. Oh, I think it's definitely more dynamic, uh, owing to not being directed by Low Wei, for instance. Is uh, that always helps? Does a lot. This Lone Wolf and Cup movie is the fourth one. I like this one. Yeah, I have a thing. It, the even ones 
are great and the odd ones yeah there's, there's a Cup series. star trek situation yeah like two four and six great one three five meh <laughs> uh and then i guess i would bring up uh the expendables of course i i'm a defender of the film as you guys probably know yeah uh i think that it's got several scenes that are quite good but i think that it is also a fumbled opportunity each one of those movies is second uh, one comes closer yes but look at the the scene where jet lee is fighting dolph lundgren and it is a mess and stallone knows yeah. it if you listen to the commentary he just he's hands off during that sequence apparently and he's not happy about it but then you look at the scene where he fights gary daniels and it's like yeah oof, that's and it's like, that movie should have been more of that <clears throat> did did you ever see the uh director's cut yes i actually made my own version of the movie i combining elements of both oh that's interesting and i cut out the entire subplot with jason statham and his girlfriend <laughs> yeah, that's probably a smart move yeah they even recasted a girlfriend for the new one he did megan fox uh well yeah they didn't bring back charisma carpenter oh that's that's right yeah he's megan fox i recall so the trailer i guess she got she got too old too close to jason statham's real age <laughs> yeah it's a leonardo dicaprio like mm-hmm character in real life apparently well he's married yeah that's what i'm talking about uh, rosie huntington whitley but his wife is uh closer to my age than his probably he's, yeah he's like 55 yeah he's and old. she she's in mad max fury road so yeah well she's in uh, transformers, transformers 3, 3? Isn't she? Oh, that's weird and and replacing megan fox oh so it's like oh. a reverse situation going on there yeah, now someone just needs to bring Charisma Carpenter into Transformer, the next Transformers movie, and we've <laughs> yeah. gone full circle. Exactly. Uh, another one I think that is highly underrated, and I recommend everybody watch, is actually Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I watched this one back then, and I... It is stellar. Oh, the, the... It is surprisingly good. Like they, they got Golden Harvest to come in and do real shit there. And the animatronics are unbelievable. And the editing, the sound editing, the the music, the movie is really fun, and the action, the fight scenes, they're great. They're, there's a, they're constructed. There's an idea behind almost everyone. Just a no, for certain, everyone. They're just they know what they're doing. These have a a, a rhythm and a and a, a sense of scale, a sense of uh, threat, danger power overcoming odds every single one of them they're great this is one of the best directed action movies of that era and that was a brilliant era for action movies especially martial arts films like do we know who who are credited within being inside the turtles well one of them is ernie reyes jr okay who is in the second film but and he's also a phenomenal martial arts and stuntman but the they do that, you know, you're talking about interesting blend. It's an adaptation of the, not only the cartoon from the era, but the original comics as well. And they blend them in a way that really works if you're fans of such a thing. But just action-wise, you're talking about four different main characters that all use different weapons. They all have slightly different styles to their fighting. And this is very evident when you watch the film. Uh, I think this should be much higher rated than it is. 
I, th I think whether or not you saw this as a child is a big component of how much you like it now. Uh, maybe, you know, but you can watch the sequel and uh, or either of the sequels and they're terrible. But this, <laughs> the first one has great fight scenes. It's kind of violent, uh, but it's very moody and the action is just excellently done. And yeah, I, I did see this as a kid, but watching as a doll is a whole different experience. Yeah, but you still have the, the sentiment for it. I suppose. I I thought it was okay when I first saw it as an uh, adult. Well, I, I guess I would bring up um, I Come in Peace, which is, uh, you know, another Craig Baxley, which is pretty good. I think it's one of the better Dolph Lundgren films. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, also known as Dark Angel. I don't know which title you prefer. Just another just great movie. One of Dolph's best, most polished films. Underseen. Another one that I don't think has ever been released on DVD over here. Have you ever seen it? I have, yeah, yeah. A long time ago again. One that I haven't seen from this bunch is El Topo. And I sort of want to see it because it's on the list. But then I read what it's about and I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. Well, so good, but another one that I don't think I would call an action film. Yeah, me neither. It's very, very episodic. Is it dreamy? Yeah, it's like an acid western, yeah. uh, and yeah, and there's some dual scenes, and but there's nothing, no, no really big action set pieces besides a, if you want to call a massacre, uh, action set piece. No. Well, yeah, I mean it depends on how well it's done. You know, Outlaw Josie Wales has uh, more or less a massacre. Actually, that's not even what I'm thinking of. I think it's Fistful of Dollars. I'm thinking of. Yeah. As a massacre scene where. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of an action scene. It's shot not unlike his action scenes. So, And people get I, shot not unlike his action scenes. I think for it to be called an action scene, there has to be some sort of opposition or ad adversity. Like just shooting people isn't an action scene. People have to shoot back or hide or whatever, I feel. You, you think there should be like a give and take? Yeah. Just one person okay. shooting people while they just do nothing, I don't think that's an action scene. So the entire ending of Commando. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Exception. That's the exception. No. Uh, okay. But uh, what about Batman Returns? What do you think of that? That's... Yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. probably my favorite Batman movie. Uh, it's I, it's the most interesting of them. And I like I like the Burton's gothic style for those Batman yeah. movies. Yeah, definitely. Like, fun comic booky and it's, this one got a great cast i think that the action scene at the head of the film where he's killing all the the clowns and things i think is a lot of fun even if it goes completely against everything the character stand, should stand for <laughs> he's just he straps up he shoves a bomb down a guy's pants and blows him up kicks him into the sewer <laughs> and blows him up yeah yeah this yeah. is batman huh and then, uh, of yeah. course, uh, yeah, Project A, which I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, just just good fun. Love seeing the, oh, yeah. the three guys together, uh, even though it is probably my least favorite of their three movies together. Which one's your favorite? Dragons Forever? Oh, it's difficult. No, probably Wheels on Meals. Dragons Forever has got a lot of downtime for court stuff. I yeah. love Dragons Forever. It's one of my favorite comedies. I don't really... Gen it's got good action in it. But I think of it more as a comedy. 
comedy uh, works though so yes yeah. yeah it's hilarious i love it yeah Right. Just any any time Jackie find fights Benny the Jet at the end, that's yeah. Well, wheels on meals, yeah. yeah. Well, that's killer. That's the good stuff. Yeah, Project A is the first movie on the list to feature in all five lists until this moment. Oh, until this oh. point in the in the list. First day, really? Yeah. That is surprising. Not because it's not good, but because. You're telling me like Enter the Dragon never made the previous no, it made ones. One Stone Cold wasn't. Enter the Dragon was on the second one. Isn't, wasn't the main stain. Uh, let me see. Stone Cold was on, is, only uh, on the second one. Huh. Well, and I only watched Stone Cold a few years ago, oh. and I couldn't believe I'd never seen it before because it's so good. Oh yeah, it should be a bigger movie, definitely. But uh, moving moving down, Tropic Thunder and The Punisher. 1989 Dolph Lundgren version. Yeah, well, one of these should be on here, and the other one yes. should not. So why should yeah. Tropic Thunder be on this list, Rod? <laughs> <laughs> well, because like Racing Arizona, <laughs> it's just one of the all-timers. Yeah. yeah, no, Tropic Thunder is is a is a comedy, and I don't really remember any really memorable action scenes no, from they're... it, except like the opening parody. Yeah, they're. They're playing Part. on Platoon and Apocalypse Now, and you know it's a funny movie. It's just not an action movie. No, yeah, no, it's really funny. But The Punisher, however, I I still think is the best version that I've seen of The Punisher. Uh, I like Warzone quite a bit, but I really like this version. Yeah, this is probably my favorite. Yeah. But maybe it's it's more my style of action. I love the, you know, as Ty always calls them, the che- cheeseburger death machine version <laughs> of action movies and this is this is it for me isn't uh Jeroen Krabbe the bad guy in this one? Oh, the guy from the fugitive yeah okay if, if that's how you pronounce his name when you know yeah. how to say it yeah <laughs> sure yeah ah, nice not Jeroen Krabby no 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 okay well yeah well he's 50 percent the bad guy because they feed they team up him and Dolph team up ah, to yeah. fight a common Lady Tanaka is the character. I can't remember the actress's name. But yeah, it's a, they fight the Jakusa together. Yeah. And then, well, spoilers, of course. Uh, he does <laughs> try to betray Dolph. It doesn't work out you, for you him. Don't betray Dolph. You just don't. This is a great movie because the the action is so varied. There's all kinds of guns, of course, but then you have a, a car chase. You have martial arts fights. You uh, sword, swords and spears, and yeah, it, it, he he fights against the the two like samurai types, and then uh, like a little martial arts lady. It's just kind of cool to watch. There's so much going on in this one. First time I watched it, I not a, I didn't like it because I was too obsessed with it not being like the comic books. No skull shirt. His family dies in the wrong way. Just stupid shit like that. I rewatched it and I was like, oh, it's just, just a great action movie. I don't give a shit about all the details. Yeah, well, it's Mark Goldblatt, who is one of the best action movie editors of yeah. all time. And he's directing this one, and he's great. He, he's only directed two movies, and the other one is on the list as well. What's the other one? Dead Heat. Oh. Written, by, written by Shane Black's brother. Great little zombie I'm body cop finding movie. out things today. <laughs> Shane White. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, uh, that's his name. But uh, yeah, highly recommend anybody give the Punisher a rewatch for sure. Yeah, I bought the Blu-ray last year. Will do. All right. Um, so then move on to two movies. One is just I don't think it's an action film. The other one definitely is. So we're talking Falling Down and Edge of Tomorrow. One of these is a was a blind spot for me that I watched this week in preparation for the list. Which one? That was Falling Down, and I fucking hated it. Oh, I think it's great, even though what it is is a, a you know, just a boomer venting to the world. Yeah, that's what I felt. I felt it was just, it, this movie had nothing to say, and it was screaming it at the top of the, its lungs, and I it fell so flat for me. I have to imagine that this movie plays different in today's environment than it did in 1993. Oh yeah, definitely. But now it, if nowadays it would set would be set on the internet instead of out there. Oh yeah, it would be on Facebook yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on, we have Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, Edge of Tomorrow is fantastic. I saw it in the cinema and I was blown away. Just edge of your Tom seat. Tom Cruise, yeah. sci-fi Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, it, it's great. I feel like it's still underrated a bit. Like people don't give this as much credit as they it deserves. Because this is like really the, the Tom Cruise renaissance starts. Yes, sort of, yeah. Well, I guess the um, Mission Impossible, what's it called? The fourth one? Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol came before. Yeah. Let me, let that me. It was 2011. But that one was the kind of one where they they were like, we're going to fade him out. Going to be Jeremy yeah. Renner's Mission Impossible now. <laughs> so I <laughs> yeah. I think that it started more with like Jack Reacher. Yeah, I was just going to say, because I was looking it up and I'm like, no, Jack Reacher is the start because that's the Macquarie Cruise first one. And then this one is the second one because this one was written by Macquarie. And then what well, you always assume... Maybe a little bit ghost directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. That's Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman is too big to allow something like that. Probably. He, he's, and he's a competent yeah. director. And I think he's working with Tom Cruise again in the future. Uh, oh no! Oh no! Wait, the American Made. Yeah, okay, yeah that's the one. I think the only shame about this film is that it kind of, even though you say it's underrated, I think it overshadowed Oblivion, which I really liked. I haven't seen Oblivion. But that's more of so a. So I can't comment. Oblivion is more of a a moody, atmospheric kind of sci-fi film, whereas Edges Tomorrow is a crowd-pleasing mm. Although movie. I do want to go back and watch Oblivion now, because obviously that's the same director who did Top Gun uh, Maverick. Top Gun. And Top Gun Maverick, yeah. Top Gun Maverick is, is incredible. Like, oh, fuck, that, I love that movie so much. That was, I was blown away by how good that was. I was not expecting it. No, especially if you'd only seen the first film. You're like, no, this, <laughs> it's not going to be good. <laughs> It just seemed like such a hopeless long gap sequel, and then they kept talking about it for like ten years and not making it. And you were like, then it kept being yeah. postponed, and postponed, and postponed. And then Tony Scott died, so they were like, no, we're not gonna do it anymore. Rip Tony Scott. I think it uh, eats eats Tony Scott's lunch, honestly. I mean, I love Tony Scott, but I don't think Top Gun is one of Tony Scott's best movies. No, it is one of Kenny Loggins's best movies. <laughs> That's yeah. saying something. <laughs> he got 
Footloose and Caddyshack Ooh. in there. Come on. But yeah, Edge, Edge of Tomorrow uh, is really good, um, really fun. Tom Cruise is excellent. Uh, I love the way that it's filmed. I love watching Tom Cruise, uh, the character, just get better and better and that weird Starship Troopers type mech suit. Fantastic. Yeah. And Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt is uh, fantastic as well in that one. Oh, well. Yep. Yeah. Definitely a movie that belongs in in the list. Oh, and also Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Oh, in yeah. In a small role, one of his last ones. Oh, yes. An- yeah. Another another rip there. I, I would yeah. have this one higher on my list, I think. Edge of Tomorrow. Well, then uh, 209, 208, Three Kings, and Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. I don't remember the action being uh, spectacular no. in Three Kings. Well, it was well shot and not particularly spectacular, I think. I think the thing that I remember most is, is weirdly, it's a shot in the trailer of the, the truck flipping over in the desert sand uh, yeah. <laughs> as far as action goes. Yeah, I don't remember it being very action no. no, there are definitely tense things like at the end when they have to release the valve on his lungs. But the, yeah, I'm not remembering a, a particularly no. action-packed film. No, it does have the oversaturated look, though. Come back to... Um, Saving Private Ryan. Private Ryan, yeah. Yeah. I... I guess you could compare it to that. I, I think more like a Steven Soderbergh traffic kind of thing going on. Oh, that was that was over oversaturated though. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I'd still consider it an action movie nowadays. I definitely have to give it a rewatch. As Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid probably have to rewatch that one. Well, that's uh, Coburn and Christopherson. And Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I am more of a fan of the Young Guns mm. version of the story because it's. Uh, it's, it's more my era, I guess. It's just fun, very MTV. Yeah. Uh, as as big a Tom Cruise fan as I am, I'm gonna have to prefer Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid over Young Guns. Oh yeah, that's that's a deep cut because most yeah. people don't know he's in that <laughs> in Young Guns. But it's it's only like not even a second or something. Yeah, basically he, he's you know new, he's unrecognizable. I think they they got a hat on and him. A fake mustache. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Pat Garrett and Billy the yeah. Kid. For me, it's uh, it's a no. Ooh. I mean, it has some. It does have some action scenes in there, but it, it, they're all very brief, very short. Nothing really. There's one shootout at the start. The knocking on heaven's door shootout in the middle. And other than that, it's just not not really. This is a movie that is kind of riding off of like Bush Butch and Sundance. Uh, I think. I mean, I l- I love this movie. I absolutely love it. But it's a it's a slow burning. Uh, western with some some gunfights here and there it's not really uh not really an action movie it's more about the drama and the comedy of the the characters just like the the self-hatred of pat garrett yes with that that's really what the movie's about that's like the whole thing it hinges on the feeling of guilt like betrayal I guess is the word. Yeah, and it's a bit of like the old school sort of versus hippie sort of. I guess that's uh, why you cast Chris Christopherson as Billy the Kid. He's yeah. representing like the hippie generation. And You know, I, I need to rewatch it. I hadn't even thought about that. So then going to 207, 206, Watchmen and Lethal Weapon 4. Uh, I think Watchmen, the first Snyder film on the list. And the only one? 300, maybe. I think it's the only one because I vote bombed 300 out of the list probably i do not enjoy 300 (laughs) could turn up but i'm pretty sure if 300 was on the ballot i scored that lower than i even i think is fair to 
get it off the list. It's not on the list. Do you like Watchmen more than 300? Yes, but that's because I have a relationship to the Watchmen novel, even though it does it does really stumble as an adaptation and the change to the ending does not work. No, prefer the giant squid. Yeah, it also it doesn't work if it's Dr. Manhattan because he is a US citizen. So you create a common enemy, but the enemy represents one of the nations. The squid was nationless. That's that's the whole point. Well, I don't think that's my my issue with Snyder in general is I don't think he understands uh, much of anything as far as thematic intent goes. But I guess in terms of uh, action, I I again I don't really like what he does in in, in terms of of anything in this movie. I think it's ugly. Um, the slow motion is near freeze frame slow motion uh, and it's all CGI constructed and I, I just don't like it. That's that's my opinion. I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that doesn't... I still, I've, hard, I've been against CGI since 1993. So Yeah, I don't know. I came into this incredibly biased probably. I remember, I remember the trailer got me so mad hyped. The trailer is better than the movie, but nothing ever got me hyped for anything like that first Watchmen trailer with the Smashing Pumpkins needle dropped it. And I remember watching the extended cut of this, not the full extended cut, because there's like three cuts, theatrical cut, extended cut, and then the even more extended cut, which incorporates the comic book stuff from the novel, because in the novel, one guy reads a comic book and it parallels the story whatever, and they included even that. But I watched uh, the middle one, the extended uh, mid- cut, and I, I watched it with my brother, and my brother walked out after, like, 90 <laughs> minutes. Well, I, I never read the, uh, the graphic novel. I liked the film. I, I, don't, I can't compare it to uh, source material. I read it. Uh, I'm not a comics guy. But it was—it's been highly—it re- had been highly recommended to me for so long that I did read it and I was aware of it. And I—I I just think Snyder is all wrong for the material. Uh, he doesn't seem to understand who the villains are, um, and he doesn't understand the use of violence in the scenes. He—he decides it just needs to be as cool as hell, and that I just think is all wrong for what what they're saying. He is maybe one of those people we talked about last time, copying aspects of John Woo, like the slow motion and the violence, just not capturing the soul, just surface level stuff. That that's part of it. It it feels like it's trying too hard to be cool, and that yeah. just bothers me when I'm watching the movie. Though when I was 19 and when this movie came out, I loved it for that. Trying to be cool, that was was what I was all about. I think uh, the movie is weaker than the sum of its parts. Yeah, well, that's actually yeah. that's that's kind of a lot of the the movies that we've kind of covered so far. Actually, like it's got really cool scenes, but well, it has some visuals, and it's when it's adapting the comic visuals that it's at its best, honestly. And the in the comic is not a gorgeous kind of comic. It's kind of, and I think it's intentionally flat a lot of the time yeah i mean i uh this is probably a reason i haven't revisited this like after all the original hype died out probably never revisited it so yeah 
might not be as good. Okay. Well, how do you feel? How do you feel about Lethal Weapon Four? Well, what can I say? There's uh, there's four Lethal Weapon films, and I think there's one to two too many on this list, and this is one of them. I have so much love for this one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to be with Marty on this. I think Lethal Weapon Four is highly undervalued. Might be my favorite of the series. Not the best, but my favorite. No, I think Part Two is the best one. Yeah, Part Two is my my favorite too. That's my number one. Uh, I I understand why people might watch Part Four and feel that it's obnoxious in a lot of ways. It sort of leans towards that that uh, bad boys two aspect but i enjoy it but mostly i think that the action is really well done the, the highway chase with the furniture store car or whatever yeah old timer yeah and the and the final confrontation against jet Li is such a great clashing of styles it, it doesn't seem to care for the hong kong style uh, and thematically but I love, in a, in a meta way, it looks at those films as a threat and they kind of have to team up and fight against it. And I really like that. Yeah. I also love the way it ends. It's probably why, even though I am tempted to want a fifth film, I, I also don't. Because the ending was so perfect. In a, in a, yeah. It, you can't really end the series better than this one yeah. does. Yeah. Maybe I need to revisit uh, Little Weapon 4. So we're moving on to the next chunk here, which is 205 to 198. So we're like Enemy of the State, Drunken Master, Nemesis from 1992, Ninja, Shadow of a Tear, which I think is this. Is that the second one? Yeah, that's the sequel. Okay, and Point Break, Spider-Man, Mask of Zorro, and Ip Man 2. Can I say, not a dud amongst them. That is one hell of a lineup. Yeah, I I think the my least favorite in this group is is a, is a Tony Scott film. And when that's my least favorite... Oh, Enemy of the State. Uh, that's saying something. My least favorite is, uh, and I'm really sorry about this, Rudd, the Nemesis. <gasps> sorry, the, the podcast is cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another one that just didn't work for me you ins- insult oh. albert pune nemesis was definitely my nomination and that is a five out of five movie for me i think i watched it five times last year alone i saw that movie when i was 10 i think and did not like it i uh, rewatched it probably when it was on this list and it's awesome i don't know what i was thinking yeah, I, I get why people like it. I, I get it. I, I can see all the elements, but somehow it just doesn't click for me. Yeah, I rewatched it last year, and then I rewatched it with commentary, I think. So I watched it two two times at the start of the year, and then I watched it three times towards the end of the year when he passed away. Ripped to a third legend. Yeah. We're just going through them. Are we? <laughs> Is there different versions of this movie? Uh, Yeah. There's a Nemesis and a Nemesis. I think it's called 2.0 cut. It's very rough and it adds a bunch of CGI because that's that's one of the versions I watched uh, last year. I watched the 2.0 cut with the commentary track. Okay. 
But yeah, uh, most of Pune's director's cut avail- uh, are available, uh, very rough quality on them. And honestly, the Nemesis 2.0 cut, it's sort of a bit like a George Lucas thing, where it's just, just tinkering, adding stuff that absolutely does not need to be there. Yeah, it makes sense. The Mask of Zorro to bring up. This is one of your recent rewatches, right, Russ? I watched The Mask of Sorrow yesterday because it was a blind spot and I well I picked that one because it was on Netflix and I could watch it on the train. Martin Campbell. Yeah. Martin Campbell is very underrated, very we got one of the great journeyman directors. I mean he makes some crap, but like the Green Lantern or Sorrow too. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's he's he is really underrated and he makes the he makes this one sing. This is Mask of Sorrow was really good. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time with it. Really fun mixes uh, swashbuckling western elements sort of. Uh, Banderas is a hoot, and he and Cedar Jones are Catherine just Jones. F- sexy as fuck together. Like that is uh, that is a screen couple for the ages. Yeah. But what really surprised me about it was how much I loved uh, Anthony Hopkins in it. Yeah. Like, he's he's given, like, a really suave and morose performance. But he's he's also, like, good. Not like in Bram Stoker's Dracula, where it's like Van Helsing is just the most over-the-top ham performance I've ever seen. Yeah. And I, that was kind of like what I was expecting from in here. But he's so good in it. And also, because I expected to feel that he was going to be miscast, because obviously he's, he's Welsh so playing a Mexican. Yeah. yeah. But again, it just, it really worked. Is he playing a Mexican or is he playing a Spanish nobleman? I don't know. Maybe he's playing a Spanish nobleman who's moved to Mexico. I actually don't know. So this was made during the 90s when they were doing this very interesting thing where they <laughs> were making sequel movies to old long-running television series so you had the brady bunch adam's family and mission impossible and uh beverly hillbillies yeah well that one's more of a reboot but most of the these were were straight up sequels and this is i think the best one yeah it's really good Uh, sort of handing over handing over of the sword i guess you would say quite literally yeah and yeah it's really worked. I heard they wanted uh, Sean Connery initially, which would have been fun because of Highlander. But yes, my favorite Scottish Spaniard, <laughs> Egyptian, he's Egyptian, Egyptian. Yeah, he's actually he's Egyptian. People forget that. Well, people forget they're aliens. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I guess the the perfect casting would have been um, Anthony Quinn but I thought I looked it up and he was like 83 when they made this so they should have made it like if they made it like 20 years earlier then Anthony Quinn would have been the perfect Alain Delon but then you wouldn't have gotten Alain Delon what's that how, how you pronounce it Alain Delon oh yeah. yes Alain Delon yeah I looked up Alain Delon also but he was pretty washed up in 1998 yeah. to be honest I understand why they wanted a movie star and not some guy who hadn't had a hit uh, in yeah. 15 years. Yeah, this is a, but it is one of uh, my, it's probably my favorite uh, Antonio Banderas movies, actually. Ooh, Over Desperado? Yeah. 
I love mm. Desperado. So maybe you would say those are neck and neck, but I probably prefer this, even though, you know, it's probably the one time a PG-13 movie will beat out a radar movie for me. Yeah, because this started out as a Robert Rodriguez project, I believe. He was, he was the one who wanted to do this, uh, but then his treatment was uh, hard R, if you could say that anymore. It was R-rated. Uh, I think hard R is taking on a different meaning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so the studio passed and got uh, Campbell instead. Okay. So uh, let's move to Point Break. Yeah, we're just jumping yeah. around now. If yeah. We're not moving. Point Break, the original, obviously. Yeah. First movie directed by a woman on the list. Oh, really? Only movie directed by a woman on the list? I'm, I'm, I haven't checked this up. I'm just, you know, I'm just asking the the questions. Seems likely. I like Point Break. I don't know if it's as it's it's not super action heavy. Yeah, that's for sure. But it does have some good sequences, interesting visuals, even the uh, the skydiving, which is not something that was super common at the time, looks great. But mostly this is known for, as far as action goes, the chasing, they're running through the, the neighborhoods. And he throws a dog at Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it isn't very action heavy, no. There's the, the big chase and the heist, really. But uh, it's, a, it's a great hangout movie. Yeah, though. it's really good. Uh, poorly remade as Fast and the Furious. And as Point Break. Yeah, well, even worse remade then as itself. And what do you guys think of the original Drunken Master real quick? Been a long, long time. That is a major blind spot for me. Okay. I have not seen that. That is... Uh, maybe I'll watch it. Well, there's no point in watching it for the next episode because we've covered it on this episode. Maybe maybe I'll try to watch it for the next episode and then I'll, I'll okay. come back with my thoughts then. Okay. And then, uh, so what... What are your thoughts on the early Will Smith action or Enemy of the State? Uh, Enemy of the State, actually, I watched it for the first time last year, and I I thought it was great. I really liked it. Paranoia thriller. It's very underrated. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like a stealth sequel to The Conversation. They do got Gene Hackman back, so. Yeah, that's the that's the big draw. I love the Hackman. He is so good. It's... uh. What's The Rock, Enemy of State, and Spy Games is kind of like the pseudo-sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I really like Spy Games, so... The Rock? Yeah, well, because The Rock is like a sequel to James Bond with Sean Connery yeah, we're playing over. James Bond. I thought you meant they were pseudo-sequels to each other. No, no. Yeah, yeah we're being uh, loose with the term sequel, but is you know... And then... Yeah, Spy Games to um, uh, Three Days at a Condor. It's kind of like where where three actors came back and reprised like uh, a very similar role roles that were coded similar to some of their uh, big uh, starring roles from their youth. Make yeah. it a quadrilogy then, and put Eraser in with the Killer Elite, James Gunn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Gunn. Fuck, I didn't think about that. I haven't seen that one. I, I have. That's. Got, I haven't watched the Killer Elite. I forgot James Gunn was in. It. That was like. Did 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger appear in the Killer Elite with Clive Owen and uh, Robert De Niro? <laughs> oh, no, different movie. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, that one. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm now I'm understanding. Yeah, Enemy of the State, great film. Lovely uh, '90s paranoia. Yeah, I actually always forget that it's it was the late '90s for some reason. I always think that's a uh, it was made before Independence Day, but no, it's not. Ah. 
And uh, I'm kind of, I was kind of saving this for the last because I really like this movie. Uh, Hitman 2. Hitman 2 yeah. is great. Oh, yeah, just also not, uh, Tony Scott did did direct Spy Game 2. Just, that was his, his follow-up to this, actually. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so yeah. this was even more of a connection. Yeah, Ip Man 2, it's, it's, the, it's a, like a Chinese remake of Rocky IV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, that's true, yeah. Sam Wohung and Carl Weathers, one and the same. Yeah. Well, it, it ends with him fighting the English boxer. Yeah, Darren Shalabi, rest speech. in peace again. Yeah, rest in peace yeah. to a third legend. Fourth. Yeah. No, fourth, fourth legend. Jesus, fourth, yeah. everyone's dying. And then I was already thinking, like, it's very similar to Rocky IV. And then he has the same sort of speech. Like, if I can change, then you can change. And we can all change. <laughs> and Ip Man 2 just goes for that Rocky IV uh, or homage. Yeah. It's crazy to me that there's that many movies in that series. In the Ip Man series. Yeah, and yeah. spin-offs and, like, uh, what do you call it, unofficial sequels. Yeah. I watched that movie and the, the first one, and I thought, well, okay, that's a good place to end it. And then they made another one, and I went, okay, now <laughs> that's a good place to end it. And they just kept yeah. doing it. They kept you make Ip Man Zero, which was an unofficial yeah. prequel, and then they made then Wong Kar Wai made the Grandmaster, which is just a completely different movie about the same guy. Yeah, yeah. Ip Man Three. Master Z, the Ip Man Legacy, Ip Man Four, Ip Man Legends. They're always, uh, they're always teasing us in these early ones, anyways. Like, oh, the next one is kind of about Bruce Lee, <laughs> yeah. and they keep doing yeah. that. And you're like, yeah. stop! It's the least interesting thing about the guy. Yeah, no, but Ip Man Two uh, rules. Yeah, the fantastic. Sammo hung choreography yeah um i love how crazy they get with it uh and it's just there's so much force in the fights there's just just this power to everything i love these movies would you rate it above part one uh so part one just that one scene where he takes on all the guys yeah is so good because it feels so fresh that it's that might push it over this one for me. Yeah, I'd have just that one part but one yeah. higher. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure where I rate. I think I just I have them all on the same one and two basically side by side. I think three is the one that's uh, a bit of drop in quality. I yeah. haven't watched four yet, to be honest. It's not very good. I would probably rewatch all these again if we were to redo the list. Which we will. Yep. So it's probably going to be a day where I marathon all four and decide which one I like the most. It's probably going to be part one spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ipman 4 features Scott Atkins. That's basically the only thing that one has going for it. It does sort of go into that it doesn't tease Bruce Lee anymore, but it actually becomes about Bruce Lee for a while. Yeah. And it's a bad choice. Scott, I can't place Bruce Lee in that one. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> that would have been great. 
Yeah. There was a back in the a long time ago. There was a he did a poll I think on Facebook and he asked people who he'd like Donnie Yen people would yeah. like to see him fight and everybody said Donnie Yen and he just kind of said I don't know if that's realistic guys you know who else <laughs> and uh, it's so that's fun that he ended up doing it yeah yeah I remember that one as well yeah yeah kind of twice now because they did John Wick four together too yeah yeah. Are they in the same scene? They're in the same scene, yeah. but I don't yeah. think they fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they definitely don't fight. No. He's got the big fat suit on, so it's a whole different thing, but it's, it's still cool. I actually liked John Wick 4. I, don't, I, I didn't love it, but I liked it well enough. Scott Adkins and Donnie Yen both going from Ip Man 4 to fat suit movies. That's so true. Donnie Yen did, uh, what's big it called? Brother? Enter the Fat Dragon. Enter the Fat Dragon, yeah, no, That of was Samuel Hung, right? Or was the remake? No, there's a there's a there was a new one from 2020 also called Enter the Dragon where didn't, didn't he, uh, I didn't Donnie watch and, it. Donnie and it's it's I I've not heard many good things, but it's uh, yeah Donnie Yang gets dumped by his girlfriend and then he gains like 200 pounds and uh, wears a fat suit the whole movie. That's the movie. Well, I mean, because I mean, Sam Sam Hung at least was uh, fat. Yeah, that was just his thing. Fat but very mobile. Uh, and uh, Agile. Uh, I will point out that uh, I think this is the first time that a comic book... No, we did do Batman Returns. And Batman Returns. But I guess one of the newer kinds of comic book movies... I don't know if I... I, I, Whenever I think of Watchmen, I don't think of it in the same terms as any of the Marvel films. But I do think of that when I think of Spider-Man. How do you mean? What? So you're you're gonna say you're not gonna segue Scott from Scott Adkins <laughs> into Ninja Two, but you're gonna yeah. go to Spider Man. I did this whole thing yeah. setting it okay. up. But sure, yeah. go ahead. That's why. That's why I did that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've I've warned you guys. I do this all the time. It's so funny to yeah. me. I don't know why I do it, but uh, I'm like, what's the least related thing? Oh yeah, it's Tobey Maguire in a CGI suit. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love Spider-Man. I remember I watched this in the cinema, and I, well, at the time it was the greatest movie I'd ever seen, probably, according to myself. Same here. Yeah. So I, I had a, I had a friend that loved comic book movies, and he, years he tried to get me to watch that movie, and I finally watched it before Spider-Man Three came out. I watched Spider-Man One and Two back to back. It is a great double feature. I had a great time. Loved it. I came talking to him. Excited. We have to go see Spider-Man 3 now. Let's do it. Those movies were great. Then I watched Spider-Man 3. I was like, never mind. Fuck comic book movies. (laughs) I know. I got to suffer for Spider-Man 3 also. But yeah, Spider-Man was also the first movie I owned on DVD, I think. I was a huge Spider-Man fan growing up. Watched the 90s animated show. And I don't know, it was just everything I wanted the movie to be. Of course, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think it's the greatest movie I've ever seen anymore. But I still think it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it really holds up, really works. Uh, I think the sequel is a lot uh, smoother, a lot more put together, and this one's a bit more here and there. Uh, there's a, a lot of unhinged Willem Dafoe they, they gotta try to rein in uh, there's nothing wrong with there's that some, um, yeah some wonky effects here and there 
dated. Yeah. I think is the word term. But I mean, I mean, Sam Raimi just he makes that shit flow. Yeah. One of the best all-time big-budget blockbusters. Well, it's you absolutely understand why it's so popular when you watch it. it it's a it's a fun movie. Speaking of fun movies, yep. Ninja Shadow of a Tear. Ah, great segue. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this, I actually yeah. really like it. This is one of those movies. Actually, Scott Atkins kind of the king of this in a way, uh, making a sequel that's superior to the original film. Yeah, the first one yeah. I did not really enjoy. I liked it, but the second one's definitely better. I liked yeah. the end of the first one when he gets his uh, like his Power Ranger suit on and he's fighting. I like that, yeah. and the way it, it was this... shot on the building and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is great. But the second the film, subway car fight is from part one, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, subway car is in there because the second yeah. one takes place yeah. almost entirely in Southeast Asia. The first yeah. one is set oh, yeah. in uh, New York, but I'm guessing Toronto or Bulgaria. Probably. Yeah. yeah. The, the bad guy mm-hmm. in the second one is the guy from Only God Forgives, right? What? No, it's... Yeah, it's uh, Shokushuge's son. Oh, wait, no. The, oh, yeah, okay. You the, mean cop, the, the cop. Chief. The Sorry, military. Chief. Okay, yeah. not the guy he fights, yeah. but like the... No, yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah. you know top of the pile bad guy yeah yeah, yeah. yes that's the cop from only god forgives yeah that guy who i guess started acting in his 50s or whatever nobody ever heard about him and then suddenly he's just in a bunch of stuff yeah he's he's good maybe he's a real life cop uh, like he's the probably like the guy from hardboil dennis farina (laughs) this guy Oh wait, no, he did. Yeah. He did. He played the priest in The Hangover Part Two before he did Only God Forgives. So I've never seen The Hangover Part I'm, Two. I imagine uh, Nicholas Winding Ref was watching The Hangover and Two was like, "This guy, I need this guy for my movie." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a weird enough thing that yeah. it might be real. Now Scott Atkins is isn't known for his one-liners, but I think he gets one of his best in Ninja Shadow of a Tear. Which is it? You remember that one? No. The guy, the guy, uh, I think it's Kusugi who tells him the man who seeks revenge should dig two graves. And then he just goes, they're going to need a lot more than that. <laughs> That's a good line, actually. Yeah. Atkins I love is that line. more yeah. known for his, uh, Physicality. Yeah, his, his dexterity, his, you know, his flips. His, what does he call it? The Giver yeah, kick? Yeah, the Giver kick. The yeah. Fake it with one leg and kick with the other oh, it's such a cool move yeah i don't know if he uses that in this one though it's yeah. you see that in uh, undisputed 2 i think that's the yeah which well, is, that's the one that know. that blew him up no. that's another movie that i didn't care for the first one so much that i stayed away from the second one for years despite people telling me that it was great yeah that and was uh I... uh it was i remember i watched undisputed one with my cousin he had it on dvd and then we didn't really like it. But then I saw Undisputed 2 in a store and I, I bought it for him for his birthday as a joke because I was like, oh, you had one, well, you can have two, you know, because none of us liked one really. And then he, he came back and was like, how did you find this movie? This is the best, one of the best movies I've ever seen. I was like, oh shit, maybe I should watch it. Yeah. And then you watch it. And yeah, it was, it was fucking awesome. You're like, okay, this is incredible and nobody's really talking about this. Yeah, but uh, Ninja, 
Um, excellent movie. Ninja Two. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, it's one of my top, uh, at least definitely top five Atkins movies. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe top three. Probably top two for me with Elmish Peter Three. Got, it's it's more fully realizing the whole Atkins Isaac Florentine matchup thing that worked so well in Undisputed Two, but it's giving them a, a real shot at shining, and they, and they I think they pull it off here. I'm assuming we're gonna visit one of my other top ones in this, probably both. I hope. Uh, Undisputed Three and uh, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Yes. Uh, further down the list, I know we're not gonna we're not gonna get to another one in the top five because this list came out five years before Avengement was released. So yeah, that's, that's another one I talk up all the time, and I, it's very hard to get people to 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 get into it. But I think it's a banger. I'm assuming on a new list, Atkins yeah. will have even more entries. Even oh, yeah. though it's been a bit of a downturn, really. Like it, even more so for Florentine. I think uh, he's just not getting yeah. the budgets anymore. Like he did, he did Undisputed Three. Everyone was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And then they just started giving him less and less budgets. Ninja Shadow of Tears. After Undisputed Yeah, Ninja Street. Shadow of yeah. Terror is, is after, and it's like his last, like, really, yeah, r- really good one, I think. Yeah. Uh, Close but range it's like was he did, fun, but it was not great. He did Undisputed 3 Redemption, and it was a. Uh, everyone loved it. Uh, even, it, they even, like, it, it went to, like, genre festivals, and it got really hyped up, and everyone was hyping up for Undisputed 3 and then the studio gave him uh, like a, this Bulgarian shot uh, movie th- thriller movie with Christian Slater uh, starring the producer's girlfriend or wife or something that was what it was really was and that was like that was his reward for uh, for delivering like this super hyped up movie thus is yeah, the then, yeah. often tragic fate of those in the DTV realm. Yeah, because Isaac Fronting was just like climbing, climbing. He did like Bridge of Dragons, Cold Harvest, U.S. Seals. Great movie. Everyone go watch U.S. Seals 2. I mean, not I don't I haven't seen the first one. Then he did Special Forces, which is his first one with Atkins. Great I know film. it's got great, great fights. Undisputed 2, which got him Shepherd Border Control with Shankar Van Damme. Underrated movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then back with Atkins Ninja. Uh, so so Undisputed Three. Everyone's hyped. Then he does this Assassin's Bullet crap with Christian Slater. Ninja Two. But then, and after that, he just keeps going with like Atkins with like Cross Range and Ceased. But the budgets are just being cut and cut and cut. Ceased looks so cheap. Still a fun movie though. That was. Um, Scott Atkinson, uh, Mario Van Peebles. It's yeah. a movie that feels like a, a concept film from 10 years earlier. Like, uh, this is what we can accomplish with no budget. If you could give us some money, we can make something better. But uh, then they just put it out. That's what it feels like. Yeah, and that's that's what's so sad. Because it's like, this guy is, is great. And give him more money. But they just keep giving him 
less and less and less and less. I like I liked seeds seized. I was able to enjoy it for what it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I see why you would like it. It you know it's still it's still got some some good stuff in there. Some Atkins gets to do some cool shit. Yeah. And they're a dream team, Florentine and Atkins. But uh, I think this is going to round out the the list for now, and we'll just come back to it uh, in, in further parts. Sounds good. Yeah, we're going to have to put a break to it here. We can tease what's coming up next time. Uh, the oldest movie on the list is probably coming up next time. Another completely baffling comedy that makes me say, what the fuck ah, yeah. is anyone thinking... <laughs> putting this why is this 50 places above enter the dragon yeah we're gonna get our first um, uh, entries of some uh, huge stars that we haven't some huge action stars that we haven't been touched on yet and uh, it looks like we're gonna entering in on a subgenre that's gonna become no sorry we already did il merciano we just didn't talk about it yeah. so the spaghetti westerns are, have already arrived yeah, there's um, some good stuff coming up. We got some great sequels I can see here too that uh, people are gonna uh, also gonna go like what? Yeah, but plenty of legitimate classics we'll talk about. So enjoy that. Uh, enjoy the little highlight reels. I'm sure to edit together. <laughs> Anyways, uh, also, uh, if you're feeling generous, visit us over at our Patreon. We're all out of bubblegum one word and little as a dollar a month anything you got to uh, donate helps us out great deal supports the site site keeping the site up and it will yeah. well if you start donating it will also support the podcast yeah and while you're on the website uh, click the link and join the discord yeah we'd love to hear you from you uh, feel free to to bitch about this list as much as we have or more all right, though. Uh, everybody, stay safe out there, and we'll see you in the future. Peace out. Bye-bye. Alex Rain is a human being. His life is more dangerous with each sunrise. Rain will be destroyed somehow, some way. He should die for what he's done. Get out! In a future false world, he stands for truth. He's a cop, all right. In a violent world, violence is his life. he must face the human condition alone. It takes more than flesh and blood to be human, Alex. I can't feel anything anymore. Maybe you should take the time to find out what you care about, Alex. You're not really human anymore, are you? He knows the answer, but he doesn't know the question. I think he accepted the story. By the time he learns the truth, it'll be too late. must face an ever-changing enemy in an eternal fight against an indestructible force. I need your help with the cyborgs. The never-ending battle line is drawn. They will never let him go.
In a world where humanity is measured in percentages, only Alex Rain knows the path to redemption to the cyborg enemy. He is their nemesis.